set your radio dial to magic, music, and mischief. This is Magic and the Law of Attraction with your host, Madame Pamita, episode 45. everyone, I'm your host, Madam Pamita, and you're listening once again to Magic and the Law of Attraction, the podcast where you'll learn how to transform your life in magical ways to make it the very best that it can be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 45 of Magic and the Law of Attraction, using bells for magic. Ding dong, it's Madame Pamita calling. Can I interest you in purchasing a bell, book, or candle? Well, most witches are familiar with candle magic, and in episode 43, we talked about the books that witches use, but what about those bells? Do you have a bell on your altar? Do you even know what to do with a magical bell? Well, in this episode, I'll be breaking down all the different kinds of bells and showing you the ways that you can use them for protection, spirit work, cleansing, and I'll even teach you the bell, book, and candle spell. So after listening to this episode, I guarantee that you'll give bells a ringing endorsement as a magical tool. So before we jump into our topic, I have a couple of announcements to make. Um, These episodes will be coming out every other week because I have a new podcast that I'll be hosting on Slavic witchcraft called Baba Yaga's Magic that will be launching soon. By the time you hear this episode, it may already be on your favorite podcatcher, but if you want to get a sneak peek, you can listen to the first few episodes on my website. Just go to babayagasmagic.com and you'll find it there. You'll find the first two episodes, the introduction episode and the episode one, the official episode one. Episode two will be coming soon and maybe there up um, by the time that you're listening to this. Um, and then go ahead and check it out and see if you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. It's Baba Yaga's Magic. It's all about Slavic magic, my super passion. And you can check it out by looking for Baba Yaga's Magic or going to babayagasmagic.com. So let's jump into today's topic and talk about what the different kinds of bells are and why you might want to start working with one in your magical practice. Well, let's talk about bells. Why would we even think about using bells? Well, bells create sound magic. Sound magic is such a fascinating topic to me. It's one of the things that I picked up on. Well, I'm a musician. I play music. I like playing music. I like listening to music. And so music has always been for me something that I felt was magical. But I had a wonderful wise friend that told me something about music long, long ago. And it really, really stuck with me. She said that when we hear a sound, a sound is a vibration, right? So when we hear a sound like, let's say a car goes by with a really thumping bass, and you know how when that car goes by and the bass is really loud and thumping, you can feel it in your body, right? Your body shakes with that sound. Well, that big wave of that sound that's coming to you actually enters into the cells of your body and shakes your body up, right? That sound vibration is actually touching you and touching your body and shaking and vibrating your body. But it's not just big, low, bassy sounds that create these vibrations. Even the most delicate sound, even that little bell sound 
is making a vibration and that vibration is entering your body. Well, as a musician, I thought, oh, that's a really interesting concept. So then when we create music, we are actually able to infuse the people that hear that music with vibration. And if we can take that vibration and put an intent on that vibration, we can create magic. We can do something that we can put an intent behind the vibration and then have it enter our body or have it enter someone else's body. Now, you may have heard of, for example, sound baths, working with sound and doing healing, sound healing. I remember going many, many years ago to a sound healer who worked with tuning forks, and I found it to be such an amazing experience. I also have other healers that work with sound crystal, you know, bowls that they use or gongs that they use. And using sound for healing is a definitely a modality that's out there, but I think we can use sound for magic. And I'm not wrong. Bells creating sound have been used in magic for thousands of years. I mean, this is old, old magic. Certainly, if we go back to pre-written history, we can find people using sound in spiritual ceremonies, using drums, flutes, and other instruments to create magic with sound. So sound and that vibration can actually help us to create change that infuses in our body or anyone else's body that is hearing the sound. Not only bodies, but we can work with spirits with sound, and I'm going to tell you how we can do that. So we can use vibration and sound vibration to create change, and that's what magic is, creating change, changing something to our will. So bells and working with bells spiritually is ubiquitous. It's everywhere. It's in every tradition. It's in every culture. It's going back so, so far. It's going back to, of course, before people were even writing down history. It's ancient and it's international and everyone does it. It's using bells and using sound like bells is something that every culture and every spiritual practice has used for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Bells are so important and magical in some practices. We find things like examples in some Asian traditions where a bell gets worn out. And what do they do with that bell? Do they just throw it away? No, because it has been such a magical and powerful spiritual tool that they'll melt the metal down from the bowl and then create other magical tools from that metal, like ritual cups or plates or things like that. So bells and magic have been just intertwined for forever and definitely are part of almost every spiritual practice. So let's talk about the different kinds of bells that we find in different cultures around the world and in even modern day bells that we can use for using for our magic. So the first one that comes to mind, of course, is church and temple bells. If we think about spirituality and bells, I think that most people think of temple bells or church bells, and they think of those being the connection between bells and spirituality. Bells are found in churches and temples all over the world, and that universal connection between bells and spirituality has existed since the first bells were made over 5,000 years ago. Now, when I think about bells and I think about church bells, there is a very old English children's rhyme that comes to mind. It's a little song. You know, we like we do London Bridge is Falling Down. If you've ever played London Bridge, you have kids standing holding hands and kids are going underneath their arms and then London Bridge is falling down on 
the kid who is tagged. Well, there's a similar game and a similar song that has to do with the bells of London. So in London, big city has been a big city for thousands of years. And that city has lots of different churches. And which church bells you could hear sort of identified the neighborhood that you lived in and belonged to. So there's a song and a game called Oranges and Lemons. And it goes a little bit like this. I'm going to sing it for you. Oranges and lemons, say the bells of St. Clemens. You owe me five farthings, say the bells of St. Martin's. When will you pay me, say the bells of Old Bailey. When I grow rich, say the bells at Shoreditch. When will that be, say the bells of Stepney. I do not know, say the great bell at Bow. Here comes a candle to light you to bed. And here comes a chopper to chop off your head. Oh, at the end, they chop off their head. (laughs) That's how the game goes. But the beautiful thing about this is the acknowledgement of the different bells and the different sounds of the different bells that were in the different churches in London. And it's such a beautiful thing. To riff a little bit and go off topic a little bit, there's another beautiful song called The Bells of Rimney. It was done by the Birds in the 1960s, a band called The Birds. And it's a song that's about a Welsh mining disaster. And it talks about the bells, but it talks about it more in this like plaintive way of like how society has let these miners down. And so it's a beautiful like protest song that's from the 60s. And if you have a chance to listen to it, it's just a gorgeous song. But so bells and churches go together. Now there's another little part about the bells in London that I think is so beautiful that if you know about London and Cockney people, Cockney people were from the east side of London, hardworking, working class people on the east end of London, right? So Cockneys were people from a very small area in the east end of London. And it was said in the old days that the only way you could identify as a Cockney was if you were living within this earshot of Bow Bells of the Church of St. Mary Le Beau. And then that was the way you could consider yourself a Cockney. So just a little side note there too about church bells and London, beautiful churches in London too. So we think about bells and churches and bells and temples going together. There's also clock chimes, you know, in other, you know, if you go to these old European cities, there's beautiful clocks like in the town square. And a lot of times they would have clock chimes or you might hear in, you know, a big old city that a bell on a clock that wasn't necessarily a church, but it was a city clock, right? And they would have this, the bells ring at the different chimes and sometimes magical things happen when that clock chimes. Now, clock chimes can also be like our phone, right? When we work with our phone, when we use our phone, we can set chimes on our phone. And I think about this whole idea that when bells at a church were ringing, it was to call people in to go to church, to tell everyone, hey, church is happening now, come on in. Or it was to honor somebody. And I think about that and how in our modern day world and with technology, we can use the chimes on our phone to remind us of something, not just the things that we have to do, but you can use it as a tool to center you. For example, you could use Um, you could set an alarm with a lovely little tinkling sound that has an affirmation. If you don't know this, you can type little words for your alarm, name your alarm, and you can write an affirmation as the name of that alarm. And so you set that alarm 
for a time when it won't bother you to remind you of your affirmation. And eventually you'll associate that sound with that affirmation and you'll automatically start saying that affirmation. It's a beautiful way to work. It's not clock chimes per se, but it made me think of that. So it'll just remind you of that intention, as I said, like people getting reminded to go to church by the church bells ringing. Now, bells can also be musical instruments as well. We have hand bell ringers that ring little bells, kind of like this one here, you know, they ring it, but they're musical bells with different tunings, and you have a group of people doing that. Um, there's also an instrument called a carillion, and a carillion is church bells up in a tower that are played like a piano or like a music box on an automatic you know, gear-driven system. So a carillion will make those beautiful noises like when you hear a song coming from church bells, it's somebody, either the mechanical version or somebody actually playing it like a keyboard, like a piano. So that's an amazing thing too, instruments with bells. Now, we also have wind chimes. Wind chimes are bells and wind chimes can come into magic. I'm gonna talk about how to use wind chimes and spells in a little bit. But another name for wind chimes is Aeolian chimes. And Aeolus is the Greek god of the winds. So it was like the wind playing the instrument, the wind playing the bells. And wind chimes are a beautiful way to connect both to that sound energy and that sound magic and the element of air or the gods and goddesses of the air or the wind spirits. So it's a beautiful way to work with wind and air and also get that sound energy going. Now, another kind of bell is a gong. You know, a big gong is another kind of bell. You hit it with a hammer. It's made out of brass, right? So a gong can be used for magical healing purposes, magical purposes. It definitely has a resonant tone and a deep tone and a big sound. And that's another way, uh, another magical kind of bell that we can work with. Singing bowls are another kind of magical bell, you know, the little ones or the big glass ones. Um, those are used for sound baths, for sound healing. They're beautiful to work with. I have a couple of singing bowls that I love to just play with and work with and listen to those beautiful tones that they make. Um, we also have bells for sort of mundane purposes. Farm, you know, old days in the farm, they would ring a bell to call the farm workers in for lunch. Or, you know, at work, back in the old days, they would have work bells to, you know, announce when work was starting or lunch break was starting and so on. And school bells, we still have school bells, but it used to be old hand bell that the teacher would ring. Now we have school bells that ring, you know, automatically. So that's another kind of bell that people can use, you know, mundane purposes, but also could be created for magical purposes. If you have an old farm bell, you can use it for magic, certainly. And you might use it for calling in things, right? Just like it was used before. Um, jingle bells are another kind of bell that we see. Of course, we can use those magically. And all actually, all of these bells can be used magically. But when we talk about bells specifically for magic, in most cases, what we're talking about or speaking of is the hand bell, this little bell that can be held in the hand, right? And we see these being purchased, sold, you know, used on an altar and so on. This little hand bell is the one that we see being used magically primarily. But I just want to put it out there that any bell can really be used for magic. So how do we use a bell magically? Well, we can use it for lots of things. The first thing, and one of the things that I love actually doing with a bell is to use it for attunement. So attunement is kind of like getting centered, getting sort of freshened up and getting getting into your place where you're really like vibrating high, right? 
So bells can be used to clear your own energy and to elevate your vibration. When you're feeling positive and strong and confident and feeling high energy, ring your bell. If you have a bell, ring your bell and then just listen to the tone. Really be mindful. Really hear the tone. Just ring your bell and listen to that tone. That's going to set a pattern for this bell or sort of set an energy for this bell. Then when another day comes and you need a boost or you're feeling low energy or you're feeling you got some, you know, sort of spiritual crud on you, you can ring that bell to bring you back to the state when you were high energy, confident, energetic, feeling good, and all of that, high vibration and all of that. So we can use a bell to kind of call us back to that state of high vibration. And that's one of my favorite ways to use a bell. Now, you can also give yourself a mini sound bath. You can mindfully ring a bell and listen to the sound and just meditate, clear your mind, listen to it, feel the energy of that vibration, set an intention as you ring that bell around you and feel that vibration going into your body. Beautiful. Also a very, very beautiful way to work with it. Now, what we find in magic most often people using bells for is for cleansing a space. So you might go, if you've ever been to like a Wiccan ritual or you've ever participated in group ritual, you might see them using a bell and using a bell before the ritual or after the ritual or even during the ritual. The bell is used to clear away negative energies or negative entities and attract positive energies and positive entities. This is why we find bells in spiritual places like churches and temples. It's the same reason that medieval churches have gargoyles on them. There is back was back then that belief that negativity, evil spirits, and so on could become attracted to a church. I mean, they wanted to clear them out and make sure that only good spirits were coming in and negative spirits were kept away. You can use a bell the same way in your home, right? We'll talk about that way to do that after, you know, at the end of this um, episode, I'm going to tell you some specific spells that you can do, but that's definitely one of the most popular ways to use bells is to use it to clear space. Another way we can use a bell in our magic is for meditation. So whenever you're, you know, you I mean, this is often done in a lot of spiritual practices, actually, where they use a bell, like a singing bowl or a bell to get people in the place where they're ready to meditate. So the sound of that meditation bell is really thought to bring in peace. I mean, if you listen to a bell, it's a happy sound, right? And it brings you into a place of peace and centeredness and calm. And it sort of indicates now we're beginning our meditation practice. So it can mark the beginning of your session and the end of your session. And it's a way to sort of define that space before and after or give the, you know, give that sort of framework for your meditation practice. So you can ring it to mark the beginning and the end of your session. You can also use it to clear the space that you're going to be meditating in. So it kind of has a double purpose where you can clear it, clear the energy, freshen up the energy in the space before you meditate. And thirdly, you can use the bell as the actual focus of your meditation. Instead of concentrating on your breathing, for example, during a sitting meditation, you can concentrate on the sound of a meditation bell to help keep your mind centered and focused and not wandering off and thinking about other things. So a bell can keep you focused. And if you're a sound-oriented person, that might be even a stronger tool than watching your breath 
during meditation. Another way that magically we use bells is for calling spirits. If you have been on, (laughs) this is a really weird reference, but you'll get it when I get to it. So if you've ever been on the haunted house ride and you know, um, Madame Lenora, I think is her name, Leona, Madame Leona, Liotta. No, I just remembered her name, Madame Liotta. She's the one that's got her head in the crystal ball and she's doing a seance and she's calling in the spirits. And she says, give me a a signal by ringing a bell. And there's one part where you see this little bell floating around. Well, you can have bells in seances for sure, but We also use bells for calling in spirits, calling in positive spirits, inviting spirit guides, inviting deities. We can use a bell as a dedicated way to communicate with our spirits. So we might have a bell that we're like, like my bell here, that's for calling in pixies. It's a pixie bell for calling in the fae folk, the good folk. I use this bell. So you might have a dedicated bell for calling in certain spirits that you'd like to call in and keeping the negative ones away and bringing in the good ones. You can also, as I mentioned, you can use a bell for banishing. So you can simultaneously call in the good spirits and also banish the bad ones. Now we find in history, people using bells to banish spirits a lot, banish negative spirits a lot. So on a lot of holidays that are liminal holidays, meaning that the veil between the worlds of the spirits and the material world are very open, you might find traditions of people using bells to banish the bad spirits and keep them out of the material world because negative bad spirits can't stand the beautiful sound of the bell. So, you know, you'll find like a Christmas time and um, which is a liminal time, end of the year, winter solstice, Halloween, all of those times where there's liminal contact with the spirits. That's a time we find traditions of people using bells to get out the bad spirits and keep the good ones close at hand. Related to that, we find bells used uh, in mumming practices. Mumming practices are people dressing up in costumes related to ancient shamanic practices. People dress up as animals or people who dress up as spirits or beings or kinds of creatures and do these practices at these liminal times. So for example, if you know, I mean, he's become very popular in the last few years, if you're familiar with Krampus or Belschnickel or these um, kind of monster characters, oftentimes they'll have bells on their waist, which is meant to sort of keep them in control, right? It's like a kind of signal, also a warning to people like, oh my gosh, here comes Krampus, watch out, I can hear that bell. Just like a cat wears a bell to warn the mice and the birds, right? So Krampus would have a big, lots of big bells on him. It would be to alert people. Now, this was a practice that was done in olden times. A lot of times when people had illnesses, for example, they might have a bell. And in medieval Europe, for example, um, people that had leprosy would wear bells. We can see this on the Five of Pentacles card in the Rider-Waite-Smith deck. You'll see the poor people standing outside the church with the Five Pentacles in the window. And the young man has a bell around his neck, which was a signal that he had leprosy. Now, you used to be thought that the people wore these bells to warn other people, my gosh, he has leprosy, stay away. But actually, one of the symptoms of leprosy is that you lose your voice. And so um, the bell would be a way 
to signal people like, hey, I need some help or, you know, a way to communicate. So that's what those bells were for. Loss of voice is one of the classic symptoms of leprosy. And so bells and clappers and other noisemakers were used to attract attention of people when you couldn't have a voice. Um, We also use bells to seal spells. So when you're doing a spell, you can ring a bell to sort of say in uh, another way, saying, so mote it be. So mote it be, be is the words that many people, or so be it, or it is done, or these these phrases that we use to seal the spell or to send the spell off. We can use a bell along with those phrases or instead of those phrases to seal the spell or to send it off. So that's another way we can use our bells in our magic. Of course, bells are used on holidays, right? We talked a little bit about that, these liminal times, but bells are often connected with the winter holidays. Going all the way back to Saturnalia, which is the original holiday that our sort of our winter solstice traditions are based on. In ancient Rome, there was gift giving and partying and doing all these things that we still do to this day at Christmas time. So, and, you know, Saturnalia, winter solstice, Yule, and lots of cultures, we have bells associated with these holidays. And ringing bells and noisemakers in wassailing, which is the midwinter English blessing tradition, that was another thing. Uh, Krampus, as I mentioned before, had bells. Kolyada, which is another um, tradition of going around caroling in Slavic cultures. You would go around and sing carols and you would ring bells and so on and so forth. So the ringing of bells was associated with that winter solstice holiday to bring back the sun. You know, you think about the sound of a bell, it's super pretty and bright and it has that energy. And it's like you're calling in the good spirits when you're doing a bell, you're calling in the sun when you're using a bell at the winter solstice time. Now you can also use bells to protect your home. Obviously, if you have a bell on the door, you can hear that bell when someone opens the door. So, but bells on doors can guard your home. So you can enchant a bell and bless a bell to protect or bring blessings to your home. And every time it rings, when someone opens and closes the door, it's bringing another blessing. It's bringing some more protection to your home. And that's a beautiful way to work with a bell in a very passive way. You can just have a a little jingle bell hanging on your door. I have jingle bells on my doors here, and we use them for blessing and clearing the space and protecting the home. You can also use your bells for connecting to certain deities. You can call the names of people or spirits or deities that you honor and ring a bell for each one. You know, a lot of times when there has been something that has been a tragedy where many people have died, there's a sort of a ritual of ringing a bell for each person just to honor them. But we can do that for our spirits as well and not for something sad, but really just calling them forth or inviting them or honoring them with that bell sound. We can call forth a particular deity. So you can ring your handbell and say a phrase such as the name of your God or your goddess or your spirit, hear me, right? So-and-so, hear me, and then call them forth. And you can ring it again as you ask for their help or petition or say thank you. And then do give one ring at the end and say thank you to them for coming forward and joining your circle or joining your ritual or helping you with your magic or whatever it is that you're asking them to do. Lastly, we see bells being used in fertility magic. Why? Well, the clapper inside the bell can be either representative of sex magic, you know, the clappers inside the bell, or it can be signi- signified the baby being in a belly, for example. 
And so we see magic for fertility being done with bells as well. And it's a beautiful way to do a fertility spell, whether you're doing it for physical fertility, whether you're doing it for sex magic, or whether you're doing it to just sort of open up the energy and get your creativity flowing. Any of those things could be really, really good. So bells are a big part of spirituality, witchcraft, and magic. And in a minute, I'm going to teach you some spells using bells. But as fabulous and magical as bells are, they are not. They're just a tiny part of the magic that you can learn. If you are ready to learn more about witchcraft, dive deeper into your spiritual gifts, or get solid spell practice and really build your magical skills, you may want to check out the full-length workshops I'm doing over the coming months. I've got workshops through my own shop, parlorofwonders.com. They take place on the first Sunday of every month, and we've got some great ones lined up for this year. We've got crystal ball, working with crystal balls. We have pesanki, talismanic Slavic egg magic. We've got Slavic spirit dolls, magical Slavic flower crowns, Slavic talismanic embroidery, which is what I'm doing all the time now. I love it so much. Slavic wax pouring ritual, Slavic spinning magic, Slavic living fire magic, and Slavic winter's holiday rituals. And I also have workshops that I'm doing through Catland Books, and those take place on the last Wednesday of every month. For Catland, I'm doing tea leaf reading, witches' ladders, not magic, mermaid magic, solar magic, love magic, prosperity magic, the myth and magic of Baba Yaga. Oh my gosh, so many good classes. I'm also teaching workshops through Ritual Craft on the second Wednesday of every month. And for them, I'm doing spells, divination, and magic with apples, the myth and magic of Baba Yaga, confident candle magic for beginners, and you can read tea leaves. So that's not all. There's still some more. I'm also doing new moon candle spell workshops, which are hands-on workshops and full moon workshops where you get a spell kit shipped to you and we gather together over Zoom for some fun community and hands-on magical training. All of these workshops can be found by going to witchcraftworkshops.com. You will have a plethora. It's like a buffet there and you can pick out the classes that you want the topics that you want to learn about. You can really build your skills as a witch, as a magic practitioner. You'll have so much fun. We always have fun in our classes. So go check it out. Go to witchcraftworkshops.com. All right. So let's talk up now about bells and spells. So first spell that I'm going to teach you is using a bell for cleansing, for Churches and temples, as I mentioned before, use bells as spiritual cleansers, and you can too. So the way you work with a bell for cleansing a space is you're going to ring that bell in the same way you would work with sensing materials, such as incense or smudge sticks. If you've ever cleared a space with incense or smudge, then you know how to do it with a bell. You go from corner to corner in each room in your house and you move in a counterclockwise direction because you're clearing the space, right? So you go into each corner, you ring the bell into the corner and you go around to the next corner and you move around to the next corner and then you go to the next corner. Then you go to the next room. You do the same thing and you go to every room in your house. Get up into those corners, let the sound permeate the room and really clear the space. Now, if you want to keep that clear space going, here's a little bonus spell that you can do. Bless some wind chimes or hang a bell from your doorknob and every time that bell rings, whether it's the wind blowing it or whether it's someone opening the door, you're going to bless your home and protect your home and clear the energy 
without even having to do anything. It's the best. So there's your little bonus, little bonus cleansing spell. Now, another way that you can use bells in your magic is for cleansing nightmares. So if you have a problem with having bad dreams, um, having scary dreams, keep a little silver bell by your bed. And if you have a bad dream and it wakes you up, use the bell and ring it to clear out the negativity of that dream. It's a beautiful way to work and a lovely thing to do. If you have a little kid in your house who has bad dreams, that's a lovely thing that they can do too. And it really empowers them to clear it away, to send that bad dream far away. But it's good for adults as well. Now, you can also use bells as a spiritual alarm system. So you can bless some bells and put them, you can bless them by putting them through some protection incense. Protection incense, you can do your own and create your own. You get a piece of bamboo charcoal and you burn protective herbs like agrimony or althea, cinnamon, dragon's blood, eucalyptus, fennel, mint, juniper, valerian, you know, just the, the herbs that are good for protection and clearing and cleansing. Mix those herbs with some resins such as frankincense or myrrh, and then put your bells through that incense smoke and bless them for protection. Then hang the bells in the corner of each room, or you can just do it around the house, wherever. But traditionally, it was done one in each corner of the room. Now, the bells are just hung on the wall. They're going to be still. They're not going to ring. But if one of the bells rings, it's something you need to pay attention to. It's a warning of danger coming. And if you've hung bells in each of the corners of the house, you can tell the direction that danger will be coming from. So that's a way to really set up a sort of alarm system. And then you can put up your protection magic. You can, you know, make sure you lock your doors or do whatever it is that you need to do to protect yourself on the physical level and also the spiritual level. Now, another old traditional way of working with um, bells for magic, and I loved this spell so much. The Berry people of Sudan use bells to bring rain, but they don't use bells the way you think they're going to use bells. They're not ringing them to bring rain, something you don't expect at all. They get a bell, they fill it with water, and they sprinkle the earth with that bell water to bring rain. What a beautiful thing. And the lovely sort of alternative and new way of thinking of working with bells. Boy, we could use that in California right now. We're really in a big drought. So I'm going to try that, try that method and see if it works. Now I'm going to give you your bell book and candle spell. So this is really such a beautiful um, concept, you know, bell book and candle, you know, there's a movie, a play called bell book and candle. And so Oftentimes, you know, witches will go, what's the bell, book, and candle thing all about? The idea of the bell, book, and candle harkens back to the tools that were actually used in Catholic exorcisms. So if they were doing an exorcism, they would have a bell, they would have a book, and they would have a candle. But this really goes back further. And if we look at that, anybody of any spiritual path can use these important tools for banishing negativity and unwanted spirits. I mean, that's what an exorcism is, right? Getting rid of a negative spirit. So of course a bell is going to be used. So bells are used for driving out malicious spirits. So you'd have a bell and you can use that for clearing your space. The book in Bell, Book, and Candle is your spell book or your book of shadows or a sacred text that's important to you. And having that in your space can also drive out negativity. And the candle 
is also used for driving out negativity. Beeswax is said to repel evil. I love beeswax so much. You know me and my beeswax. So I don't mind my own beeswax. (laughs) Anyway, using a beeswax candle is a beautiful tool for also driving out negativity and bringing light and bringing, you know, just magic and filling up that space. So bring these three things into any space where you want to clear out negativity of any kind, a bell, a book, and a candle. So there you go. All right. Well, that about does it for this episode. We had so much fun talking about bells and how you you can use bells in your magic. And I hope it gave you some really um, good food for thought and new ways of thinking of using bells in your own spells. So that about does it for this episode of Magic and the Law of Attraction. If you would like to get even more info about magic and spells, then check out the Learn page over at Parlor of Wonders, where you will find a ton of free resources, including workshops like we talked about before. I have a blog. I have how-to guides, how-to videos, past podcast episodes, And you'll also find the way to join me live over Zoom for the Magic Q&A Tea Party every Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Mountain, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Just go to parlorofwonders.com and click on the Learn tab to see all the goodies there. So I want to say thank you to all the Spell Squad members out there who have subscribed and shared this podcast with your friends. Thank you to the fabulous folks who have left reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you to Jill Navarre for production and engineering. And thank you to Manfred Hofer for announcing. And thank you to you for joining me, whether you're here with me live on and or listening to the podcast. And I'm looking forward to next episode when we'll be answering the question, what is scrying. So until next time, this is Madam Pamita saying, keep making your life the most magical adventure ever. Yeah,